Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Powinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. Game on. Game on. Game on. All right, welcome to the Know Thyself Podcast. Yes. Yes. All right, I'm here with Daniel. Hello. I'm Eduardo. And uh, hello to all of you also. Um, Yeah, so let's get right into it. So, you know, as we've been going down the um, stages of alchemy, we've overstated this already, but I'm going to say it again. In between the seven stages, we are bringing up, you know, these topics relating to the soul and the mission of the soul. And today, which is something I've been waiting to talk about for a while, today our topic will involve basically like something that we've talked about throughout the podcast that I I know Daniel said a lot before, which is collapsing waves, right? And actually having that um, ability, consciously speaking, to to basically manipulate the outcome um, in so many ways. And so we'll have examples, especially one in particular that relates to it, but we'll also talk about a lot of ways that even experiments have um, tried to understand this this point of being the observer and what it means to actually have an influence on that uh that outcome and so um yeah without further ado i think i want to slow down as i look down at my notes right now i'm like i'm about to and then i'm like no 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 let me just wait before we get into like quantum mechanics and so many things that we want to talk about but uh yeah just to reiterate let's just go back to the beginning with the observer and the the idea of collapsing these waves and uh yeah. Great. No, awesome introduction, my friend, because that's exactly that's exactly what we kind of want to cover th- in today's conversation. And it, it really does correspond very nicely with these last kind of bi-weekly episodes, which we've been doing on the mission of the soul and kind of what makes up the soul and even the evolution of the soul and really what we're going to kind of take a look at today and kind of bring up for this discussion is what is the observer's effect. Right. You know, and that's really great because we've already really looked at, you know, what is that eye, the eye that changes and the eye that stays the same. And what we're really going to kind of talk about today, like how that eye is almost manifest internally and its external effects as it processes through the eye. And we have actually the, the event of observation. And this is such a fascinating thing because not only was this a very old theory in all an ancient understanding in the esoteric schools mm-hmm. by accident when they were approaching the quantum field and studying quantum physics they actually verified what all the ancient gurus what all the ancient teachers were saying and that's the power of observation and that's what we're going to really be looking at today and the force of consciousness on the collapsing of waves of pure potential and this is really great because this is going to kind of this is going to kind of branch into a bunch of different topics where we're, when we start talking about like field theory right. and the difference between energy and matter and that like that universal field that everything's kind of created with. And that's kind of what we're approaching today, which we're going to go into much more deeper kind of understanding in future episodes. But really what we're talking about today is just the effect consciousness has on potential, 
yeah. and how it collapses those waves. And we'll get into the experiment, but um, you know, this is just kind of a fascinating topic. And I know this is something that you and I have had many conversations on, and I know it's kind of like a out of all the esoteric studies, I think this is really something that, like has really fascinated you, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just had, didn't really realize that people had made an experiment that actually, like you already said, um, coincide with this long, long theory that has already existed in our in our planet. Yeah. You know, and that's something that I think we're uh, as a species constantly going to be doubting or wanting to debunk as a word that a lot of people will use for these kind of things and saying, well, can you prove that? Can you show me how that works? And of course, it's 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 hard to to find examples that are either relatable or have a way of, you know, being drawn out on a piece of paper so easily for some people. Um, and that's what we hope to do, you know, today with, with this topic, but yeah. So when we talk about potential and you've talked about this a lot, this really makes me excited because I've seen it from friends and I've seen it from myself and I've seen it from other people. And and I think that's why people feel inclined to try to ask people who have done such a thing as far as manipulating their reality of their uh, outcome. And people want to know, well, how did you do that? And then people give them the answer and people are like, oh, that's so woo, if you will. And it, it's not, you know, there is something that, um, that is, that is to be said, or there's something to be seen from that, um, actuality. So like once you've understand it, I think once you, um, know how to apply it, then it becomes, you know, something that's tangible, but it's really hard to get there, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And I think this has such far that, you know, such larger implications too, as we kind of break down this experiment, because not only is this wave of potential, and when we turn our attention to it and we put this observation effect, not only do we have the ability to, you know, change our own reality, but this is how the aggregate will actually change its reality, you know, because we're so stuck on the waves that we've collapsed as a society for so long, and we collapse waves through this fear, through this greed, it just becomes like a constant for us that we don't really see this wave of potential. And we don't really see all these potential outcomes because we're so used to collapsing these certain waves. And this is this this happens personally, you right. know, and this is also happen in the aggregate, like we say, in the group. And again, one of the goals of this podcast since the very beginning was, you know, how do we create this true shared reality where everybody can grow through love and wisdom, right? right? Which is kind of the the mission of the soul as it is, right? Not not only the small soul, but the group and how we're all connected. And that's kind of, you know, conversations we've been having. But that's kind of what we're we're looking at. This is understanding how potential collapses through our thoughts, our emotions, and our actions, and through just our own observation of something, mm. how it can change the perceived reality is these are the tools that we need to really create the future, you know, right. because one thing about the future that we find ourselves in, in this current time period is whether we like it or not, nothing's ever going to be the same after the experiences that we've been in. Right. And we all have our own, you know, perspectives on what's going on and stuff. And that's kind of for a different time to talk, but either way, whether you think that everything is correct, that's been reported, or you're a complete, completely on the opposite end of it. Either way, you can agree in the middle that life is never going to be the same, right? Society is never going to be the same. There's been a lot of changes, even just to consciousness. So 
it's very important at this time that we can't even follow the instructions of the past because the past isn't going to be reflected in the future. Mm. So it's such an important time to understand how to collapse waves of potential and how to really become these master builders in this situation because the old systems aren't going to work anyways. So there's going to be tried to new introduced new systems, but at the same time, if we understand these waves of potential, we can start collapsing our own waves and really create the future that we want. Um, that is more of this higher aspect, higher consciousness that we know we're capable of, but we've been in such a routine and we've been so indoctrinated to collapse these certain waves, we're not seeing the fruit of what this true human experience right. could bear. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I can relate to it. I, I, I think I talked about this once on the podcast, but so say you understand a force like something we've talked about before in like more new age type stuff, like the secret, right? So say mm -hmm. you understand it. What the indoctrination that Daniel is talking about, at least the way I interpret the way you're saying this, and I've had this happen to me, is even if you have direct um, experiences with changing your outcome based on willing something that you've wanted, you almost have this sort of this blockage that occurs within you, which is very dangerous because part of that indoctrination has taught you to say, this is an unconventional way of you attaining what you've wanted. Therefore, it's probably not going to sit well with you. And that's false, but it's been created in your own mind because you've followed a guideline or a guidebook of sorts that tells you this is where you start and this is where you end. And here's the middle. And so that's how hard work works. Let's just say but it's not true. There are so many different variables to get to the same point, to get to the same uh, end point, I should say. And when you take unconventional paths, even though you have beautiful, uh, uh, is it a, like the poems that people might write about the path that's um, least taken, you know, by the individual, it's still, when you actually apply it, it's really hard for people to kind of sit well with it. And even society has has a problem with individuals who have succeeded by taking the unconventional route because they can't categorize like how they had that outcome. And so that right there should tell us like, we got to stop doing that because it's false. If you're seeing the end result, but you're not like comfortable with the way you got there, then that should give you an indication on how you were brought up incorrectly to believe that you should not feel so good about what you did on your own with mm. your own potential. You understand what I'm saying? Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Cause that's, yeah. that's happened to me where I was like, Oh, I, I'm going to do this. And whatever ideas I had actually came to fruition. But when they did come to fruition, I was just like, Oh, I'm kind of all alone in this because people don't want to relate to me. Cause there is no way to relate to me. And then there's people that don't want to even like celebrate your quote unquote success for that potentiality that you, you did because they're just kind of like, Oh, I guess mm -hmm. that works for you. And then you're sitting there kind of alone going like, I guess it did work for me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So what I'm saying is like in society moving forward, we need to kind of start backing away from that. I think we already kind of have, especially with the circumstances we find ourselves in, people are kind of recognizing that. But um, again, this is why I like to go on these tangents with you about what we're talking about, because it kind of relates to it all um, internally and how it feels that it's already shifted. Um, for all of us, but we just need to understand how to do it. Like you're saying to be master builders. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. No, I think it totally made sense, man. Because again, these ideas are getting more accepted um, of, you know, you create with your mind, right. you know, and it's always cycles because if you look back in the, like the 1900s through the 1940s, 
so much great literature was coming out about this this exact idea, right? And this was prior to even this study that we're about to talk about, which is that double slit experiment that we're going to kind of break down. But um, but yeah, I, I think I, I completely resonate with what you were saying there, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I guess really what we kind of suggest is if you've never heard of the double slit experiment before, and I'm sure a lot of you have, I would really suggest you don't have to do it like right now if you're like driving or something, but if you have a moment, I would just look it up on YouTube. There's some really great videos or any kind of search engine. There's some really great videos that will kind of break it down. And actually, one of them is a, a, like a children's cartoon. Oh, that doctor. Doctor like uh, quantum. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah it's but it's great. great. Yeah. It's yeah. a great little it's a video. It's like four minutes long and it does a really quick breakdown of mm-hmm. what we're going to discuss. Now I'm going to do my best to kind of explain it over the air of what happened in this. Um, And again, it's going to be at one point, you're going to be like, why are we hearing all of this? But it all will make sense at the end. And that's what's going to kind of break it down, right? So so we got to get our mind's eyes on, right? And we got to use that imagination when I'm drawing something with my hands in the air and I'm asking you guys to visualize it, which we've done before. So what we're going to be dealing with here is we're going to be dealing with the smallest of the small, Okay, so we're going to be dealing with quantum physics. And what's going to come from this experiment is, do quantum particles react like material in our physical world? Because, again, this is a material, but it's the smallest scale that we can really scale down to at this point. Like electrons are one of the smallest pieces of matter we understand. Right. And they carry energy. And they carry energy, right? right and right. they revolve around the nucleus, right? And there's this there's this connection that's kind of happening there. So at first, what we, before we break it down to that really small part, we're going to explain how that this would manifest in the physical, okay? If we were doing this experiment right now in this office, right? Um, so we would get two boards, like two ply boards, maybe like eight by eight, right? So they have a lot of covering on them. We would set one in the far back of the room, and then we would set one just like maybe like two feet from it. Okay. Okay. And then what we would do is we would cut one slit, like a horizontal slit, maybe like two inches wide, right? And it goes down and it's probably like 12 inches long. Okay. So what we were going to do in this experiment, again, this is on the physical realm, and this is how it would operate in the physical realm. Say we stood on the other side of the room, okay, and we took a paintball gun, and we started shooting that paintball gun at that crack, right? Now, some paintballs are going to go through, some people, some paintballs are going to hit the side. If we stood there long enough shooting, a pattern would, appear to, would start to appear in the back, and it would just be kind of a straight horizontal line that very much mirrors that slit that we already cut. You mean vertical? The, I'm sorry. Yes, those, yeah, yeah. that vertical line. Thank you so much for that. It would it would resemble that vertical line of that vertical slit that we cut right. in that first board, which makes sense. Like that's that's not mind blowing. You guys would be like, okay, right? So we take that a step further, and maybe six inches apart from that vertical slit, we cut another slit. Okay, so now we have two slits in that board that's in the middle of the room. We go back to our spot and we start shooting at both of those slits. Right. Right. After a while, we're going to get that pattern that's going to appear in the back and it's going to be now two parallel vertical lines, right? The same size as the slits. This is exactly how we would expect the reality to be mirrored on the quantum level. Okay. And so this is what they kind of tried to do an experiment. They were like, does quantum physics respond the same way? So they did the same exact model on 
the smallest level we can do. And instead of shooting paintballs, they were shooting electrons. Right. Okay, so they started with that first slit. They did that exact same thing. What happened was, is they got a pattern in the back wall. They got that same horizontal pattern, that just that single one, right? So then they cut it a, a second slit, okay? And they shot the electrons through. And when they introduced that second slit, they didn't get two parallel lines. They got a pattern wave, mm -hmm. okay? Now, it was strongest at the points of where those pint balls go through, okay? But it had a quest, crest and a wave, and it was just what you literally call like a wave of potential. It's an interference right. wave, right? And the science was, were baffled by this. Why didn't we get the two straight lines like if we did this with the paintball gun? Why do we have this wave? These two lines aren't even making themselves apparent. So they decided to take it a step further and they're like, okay, well, what they thought was happening was they were, they thought that maybe the electrons were bouncing off each other. Yeah. Okay, so they thought that maybe they were bouncing off each other. So they said, okay, let's just shoot one electron at a time. Instead of shooting out all these electrons at once, let's just shoot one, let it go through, shoot another, let it go through. So we will minimize the bouncing, right? right? After like an hour of doing this with the two double slits, the wave pattern appeared again. Yeah. Right? So they have the wave pattern. So they're like, what is happening here? Why is this happening? Why are we getting this wave? So they were really baffled by this because this isn't exactly how they expected this experiment to end. Mm -hmm. So they decide that what we're going to do is we just want to monitor maybe one of the slits. We want to see what's happening here. Yeah, like okay? pay close attention to it. Pay close attention to it. We're going to almost observe one of these slits. They put a little tracking device that's just going to be counting the electron going through one of the slits, Okay. So now we're quantifying time and space. We're putting observation. Right. We're putting attention on this one slit. When that attention is applied and they're shooting one electron at a time, all of a sudden that wave pattern disappears and now we have those two parallel vertical lines. Right. Right. So what does this entail? What is this explaining? The potential was collapsed when conscious observation was placed on the electron, which you've described as energy, right? right. So what this told us, and this again, this experiment came around like probably about 30 years ago. It might've even been a little bit more at this point. But what this experiment showed us is these electrons are not matter until consciousness is put on them. Until consciousness is actually observing them, their potential energy. They're a wave, it's a waveform. Right. Right? So that that electron, when it wasn't observing, was going through one of the other one slot, the other slot, hitting the wall, and going in between all at the same time because that wave wasn't collapsed. Right. Right? So what do we see from this? Like what do we pull from this? Well, we now know that consciousness collapses waves. Attention collapses waves. And this has so much to say on when we think about our thoughts, our emotions, and our actions, which is the expressions of consciousness. Mm -hmm. These are how they collapse waves. Oh, I just love this. This is the best subject in the world. It's so cool. It's so, so what we have in the quantum level is potential. We have field. It's not until consciousness is put on something that material actually manifests. Absolutely. Right? And that's what's actually going to create 
a decided outcome because now we've quantified time and space. Exactly. We've observed a moment. And in that moment, the wave collapses. So what does that mean for us? Well, remember when we talked about we are creators taking part in creation? This is it. Yep. This is why in all these old stories, creation happened when God reflected on himself, right. related to himself. Right. This is that whole aspect, and this is what we're partaking in. It's the attention given to the self and the environment. And this shows the power of consciousness. Now, would you relate this to, um, for, for those who are listening, would you relate this to no different than the way Adam and Eve are described? It's like conscious, consciousness wasn't there yet. Everything was in flow on its own with their own patterns and how there is no way of like harnessing it because it's going in, in its own direction of, of it, the ways and how they work. And then boom, they gave it consciousness adam and eve have consciousness and now they've separated from that and given like life to matter mm -hmm. they're like oh this apple this ground i stand on mm -hmm. the things that i can do is that the same thing i mean yeah, like you it's think the tree of knowledge it's consciousness it's the conscious experiment right it's the conscious experience i should experience. say an experiment yeah. right i guess that's both the it same experiment yeah exactly and that's but that i think you could definitely now the, um, the whole story of Garden of Eden will break down on a whole podcast because it's this and so many other things. But For sure. it's really, I'm glad you brought it up because, again, that was kind of that de-evolution down the ladder from spiritual substance down to the physical realm like we talked about. And then the familiar climb up the Jacob's ladder, that is the story of Adam and Eve. Because remember, God banishes them from the paradise, exactly. but they can return, Right when they've made themselves like holy and conscious and that Christ consciousness has returned to them, they can return back to partake in the fruit. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that's a great way to say that because that's really when we talk about like what happened when Eve ate that apple, it was really like, now we are creators. Yeah. We have this create. So now we have this ability to collapse waves. We are partaking in creation. Right so important and this is this is why attention is such a powerful thing and you think you and just even just how you can feel somebody looking at you you know what i mean like i've been camping before and you know it's like i'm at a campsite and stuff and i'm doing something and i just remember i was like cooking once and i just looked up and i looked exactly where somebody like 50 yards away was was just like staring at me mm -hmm. and i was like living in a tent for a couple of weeks like i looked like i should get stared at at that time <laughs> right, right? right so i mean i don't blame them for staring but i could feel it i could feel that somebody was looking at me right yeah, i could feel that conscious attention animals react to this conscious observer effect dogs do right yeah you know dogs definitely are always looking for your eyes yep. right they're the most they're they're the most like domesticated animal, but it's always looking for your eyes because it knows it has power there, right? Try petting your cat and reading a book and being focused on that book. That cat will be like, no, you have to give me conscious attention. I don't want just pets. I want your consciousness. They, they'll sit right on top of your book and they make you think about petting them. You're experiencing this. If you're not experiencing it and you're doing it half-assed, the cat's like, I don't want to deal out. with this. I'm out, right? I'm not going to talk to you for a week, mm -hmm. right? They could feel this consciousness. Right. This is a huge effect. We can, again, when we talked about that, this is the same thing that's playing out when we talked about why you should pray for your food, why you bless your water. Exactly. And we that 
you know, that amazing scientific research study, which showed when you blessed your water with love, it made these beautiful crystals. When you yelled at it and, um, you know, did terrible stuff to it, it was this ugly design. Absolutely. This is this, this is the law of the observer. This is the observer effect. And we've seen it now in the a purely scientific realm. And this changes so many things because what also this does is it changes all laboratory science. Because now through this experiment, we know that the observer and the consciousness within the experiment is altering the ends of the experiment. So if there's scientists that really want a certain outcome to happen, they might manifest that outcome that out, yeah. because of their conscious intention. And then that's why it could be debunked. Say there's an experiment done in New York mm-hmm. and then debunked in California a day later because these scientists have the intentions of debunking, debunking it. Yep. So what are they going to say? They're not going to see the same phenomenon because it's, it's especially on these like quantum levels, it's replying, it's responding to the conscious attention that is paying attention to it. Exactly. The true currency of life. Absolutely. Right? And this comes back around, like when we start really thinking about it, and energy, right? And currency. And I know we've spoke about this before, but what you want to get in life is what you pay attention to and spend time on. Exactly. Time is the true currency. Time is that true energy of what we manifest in this world. And it's so important to what you spend time on and what you pay attention. And we use these words every day. And I right. know we talk about that before, but it's just, it's just so, this like, if you, I think who explained this to me first was Mark Passio, right? Mark Passio made a great presentation on this and he ended it so well when he said, if this doesn't blow your mind, you didn't understand it. So please just go back and listen to the experiment or go watch it from a different source that right. can explain it maybe better. But if this doesn't blow your mind, you didn't, you don't understand it. Right. Right. And you might intuitively be like, I know it's right, but it still logically blows your mind. Like you can feel through your sacred feminine, like, no, this is, this is what oh, it's yeah. all about. But your left brain analytical side is still like, what, what? Yeah. Like, you know, that it's just like, no, that's, that's not how it works. And, and through their own laboratory science, which they, it's, it's their alter this is what it's telling you. Yeah. Right. And again, it's so funny how the sacred feminine, she just like, she tries society, the left brain tries to push her out, push her out. And she just appears and she's got such a beautiful sense of humor, whether it's showing up in art, whether it's showing up in science, but she's just always kind of coming around just to be like, by the way, this is my house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is fantastic. Like, no, I, I agree. Think of a better person to be running the show. So, um, but that's what we're kind of looking at, you know? Um, we're looking at this idea that there's potential and there's waves of potential and it's our conscious attention through our thoughts, our emotions and our actions that collapse our reality. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we know people like this. Uh, I've always, you know, we'll always bring up stories that um, relate to hopefully to you. And, and, and I know Daniel and I can always talk for hours about people we know that are going through certain changes in their life but there was a particular person in my life that i i had a very difficult time and i i really did believe that uh it was my duty to try to assist him he was an old roommate of mine and i've known him for a very long time but over the course of probably three years what i noticed the most with him is what he spent his time focusing his energy onto because the outcomes were coming pretty fast 
and they were harsh to witness, but they were they were unbearable sometimes to witness. But it was important for me to see this because then I realized, okay, I have just as much potential as he does, and he has as much potential as I do, but we're both choosing to focus on completely different things. Mm-hmm. And and certain things would happen to him that were just like almost sad and and hilarious in the same in the same notion, one of the things I'll never forget, I love that you brought up animals in this regard because this is something that really happened a few times, but we, we used to live in a house. We're a bunch of climbers. So it's a stinky house and, uh, you know, just a bunch of dudes and reminiscence of chalk and, and old carpets. But one of the things that would happen is one roommate out of four would have maybe a friend, a passerby coming through the state, stay with us. And anytime that person brought a dog, this one particular person I'm talking about would be so upset. And he wasn't like a dog hater by any means. He just was like, you know what? I value my sleep. I value my independence. And when a friend brings a dog, it tends to kind of be all our responsibility. Well, as soon as that dog walked through the door, it found its way to always pick on him. It found a way to always have the outcome that he claimed was going to happen. But none of us would like ever go through this. None of us. So there's like, it's a pretty big house. It was like 2000 square feet. As far as like where the dog could choose to go to, we all have a bedroom, but it always went to his bedroom door and would start barking. And that's what he claimed was frustrating him is that I'm trying to sleep. And anytime a dog is in this house, somehow I'm the one who has to wake up and take it outside and so forth. And I remember telling him this. And the reason I'm bringing up the story is that he was so convinced that anything I would say to counterattack or to say or to contradict him, he's like, there's no proof of that. He's like, you don't control the dog and dogs are just stupid. Uh, again, he didn't, wasn't a dog hater. I don't want to make him seem dark, but he's just like, dogs are dumb. And what their, what their um, owners, you know, uh, uh, end up putting me through is just unfair. And I'm like, but the guy hasn't even showed up. We don't even know if he's the coolest guy ever. We don't know if it's the cutest dog ever. So you're already putting this out. You're already focusing your attention on this outcome. And every time this happened three different times, no joke to him, the dogs would pick on him. So they would either bark outside his door, scratch outside his door. And, and even the owners would say like, my dog never does this. And it would just make him furious. But the reason I bring this story to put an end to it is that this went on for three years. Uh, living with him was was very difficult because it was sad to witness that he wasn't wrong about a potential outcome, but he focused on getting that outcome uh, one way or another. I don't know if it was to prove to everyone that the world was um, pressing him down or if it was a way for him to feel like, validated and somehow i don't know but that's why we are no longer uh you know communicating it's not it didn't end badly and again i don't want to go too much into personal details here but it was just a very interesting relationship i had with this person and you know who i'm talking about because he actually had a lot of potential but it was just misguided Mm -hmm. and because it was misguided his outcomes were just terrible and because they were terrible his attitude was terrible then everyone around him didn't want to be around him or would alienate him even more because he was pushing these waves or he was creating this energy field that was quite literally making him isolated. And no matter how many times back to this double slit experiment, no matter how many times I try to bring up, Hey, you're manifesting this, those words like manifestation or anything else lied within like 
farce or sort of mm-hmm. like, eh, that's your opinion. You're into this kind of like new agey stuff, whatever his excuse was in order for me to stop talking was what he would throw at me. But here in this experiment, I wish I would have been able to be like, hey, let's like draw it back. Let's pull back a little bit and let's just go back to this experiment and show you how these outcomes can be shifted based on the attention you put onto it. But you know, yeah, that time has passed. And so here we are. So no, anyways, no, no, I, I think that was a fantastic story, man, because it brings up a really, really important point. When you come across these pessimistic individuals who have a lot of bad luck, What's so frustrating from a spiritual standpoint is from somebody who's studying the occult and the esoteric sees that you have a natural ability to, a natural psychic ability to attract events in your life. And you're just taking the negative attitude, but you obviously have the capacity. And because of this is what you've been thinking about, and you were so worried about that, and it's this self fulfilling prophecy. When you find these people that are always getting themselves in bad luck and are going to tell you about how something's going to, crumble in front of their eyes and then it does you want to shake them because you're like you're really good at the law of attraction like why are you doing this like if you're like oh this is what's going to happen and then it happens you almost that's what makes it so hard to work with a pessimistic person because there's you we have capacity in the law of attraction we have the capacity in mediumship we have capacity in clear audience it's just like any other skill set right there's better there's people that are better public speakers or somebody that can throw a ball farther than me. They have a better capacity, right? They have a larger capacity mm-hmm. for this. It's the same thing with the psychic senses. Okay. So these people have large capacities. They have an amazing ability to conduct attraction and that law of vibration. It's just the wave that they're collapsing. They're coming from this negative fear-based hate wave and, the and they're energy. collapsing it. And then they're making that energy and they're pulling that towards them. But if they only knew the same energy that attracts the bad luck is the same energy that attracts the good luck. It's just an inversion of that energy. We could move away from so many of these individuals. Right. Like not move away. They can move away from this fake mask that they're wearing, this pessimistic, why me? Bad luck follows me. Well, if bad luck follows you, good luck can follow you too. You just have to invert it. And then also you need to handle the moment kind of like a spiritual alchemist as well and be like, well, you know, maybe why is this dog trying to wake me up at six o'clock in the morning? Like maybe I'm not supposed to sleep until, you know, noon today. Maybe I should, you know, do something like that. But on the other side away, on the other side of that coin that I think was really important that you brought up in that story is just when these pessimistic people are like, oh no, it always goes this bad way. They have a capacity and a capability to attract and they're just not using that attraction through love. They're using the attraction through fear, which is the way that, we are indoctrinated to collapse through. Exactly. Fear, you know, scarcity, um, separation. Right. These are the waves that through indoctrination, through media, through education, these are the waves that they want us to collapse. Because again, they know we're creators. This is not anything new to the individuals that like really run the show. Absolutely. They know absolutely what we are, right? They know that everybody in this world is a conscious creator and is taking part in, in consciousness. Right, in the sea of consciousness. And that's why they make sure they pull our attention away from it. Whether, you know, it was the TV, it was media, now it's turning into social media, and just so much pulling consciousness from outside with from within to the outside. Almost, yeah. And you're actually, you know, watching who you think is you on your social media profile, 
sitting in the palm of your hand. Right. Right. Well, I, I love that you bring that up. There's a great uh, lyric by the great man, Jim James. Uh, he's the front man for my morning jacket. And there's a song where he says, we are the creators and they are the imitators. And I always thought that was funny because um, it was such a, such a on point uh, lyric, but you're absolutely right with what you're saying. It's mm-hmm. just like what we, what we have to give and what, what lies within us is so sacred, but how it's being used is such an imitation of our true potential. And we think like, that's the true reality. We're like, Oh no. And like, no, they're just, mm-hmm. they're using what you already have in order to sell it right back mm-hmm. to you. And it's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely, man. And that's exactly what we're, we're dealing with. And you know, again, this is, this is kind of like an introduction to this consciousness discussion, because now that we've talked about the double slit experiment, we're going to be able to recall on it and kind of come back to it so often that we kind of gone through it now and kind of discussed it. So now we can like source it in all discussions moving forward, which is really nice. Cause again, it's just kind of coming down with that collapsing of that wave and how consciousness is completely manipulated. I mean, how reality is completely, you know, molded by our consciousness. Totally. Right. And just the idea of the observer and, you know, through this idea of the soul and talking about the soul and this observer effect is really almost like this external expression of the soul. And it's like the soul almost leaving the body to affect the outside world. And that's what we're really kind of seeing with this conscious observation and this observer effect. But really where this kind of comes into is just understanding just how much of a role we play in not only the creation of reality, but the relationship with reality, Mm -hmm. okay? And how it's consciousness that collapse waves that allows reality to happen, right? So this is, again, why the creator had to reflect on themselves, okay? And it was that two side of the coin. We're going to kind of come back to this yin-yang at the end, okay? And this two that is seemingly two is actually a one, right? So consciousness collapse waves, and it's not just by our thoughts, Mm -hmm. and it's not just by our eyes and what we see. It's, It's our entire sensory system, okay? Because we've talked about this before. There's only really one sense, and that's touch, right? It was when we, if we take us back to the evolution of the soul, what we were talking about those last couple of weeks, what do you do as a single celled organism? You don't have eyes. You don't have ears. You're touching. You're feeling around in the dark, right? That was the first sense you ever had as a self, as a conscious, as consciousness, right? right. Was touch. And that's really the only sense that you have, right? Because light comes and touches your eye for you to perceive the light, right? And then it has to touch your brain. Earing the vibration has to touch your eardrum for you to perceive yeah. it, right? So touch and feel is this really deep aspect of conscious expression and recognition, right? This is why somebody's touch is powerful. You know, you've been touched, like, this is why the touch of a family member, the touch of a loved one, even just the touch of a caring person who's a stranger in a moment of stress is calming because this is, this is as old as you are. This is, this is the eye that remembers, and this is the oldest thing that eye that remembers yeah. knows how to do. So even when you don't know what to do and somebody's crying and say, you don't have like the emotional intelligence to handle it, you put your hand on their shoulder. Right. You're just touching, right? And again, this is why babies need to be touched within the first couple hours or they die, right? It touches this very, very powerful thing. So 
when we think about this aspect and we think it's this it's really us having to touch the reality to actually have this reality manifest this comes down to a great discussion and a great old story and again this was a this was brought to brought to my kind of understanding to see it in this correct perspective from this really great and this is an individual we always quote on this podcast but Alan Watts lecture mm-hmm. right and this has to entail with the that old question that we've all had right and I remember getting it the first time I think I was like eight or nine and I just like sat and I just thought about it, thought about it. And it was just like, where uh, I'm just thinking myself in the circles, like I'm validating it and then I'm devalidating it. And then I was just, I just couldn't stop going in circles. And it wasn't until I understood consciousness. I understood, you know, the understanding and the, the what we are made of that this is kind of started to make sense. And the great question is if a tree falls in the woods and nobody's around to hear it, does it make a sound? Right? Yeah. And that's a great question. Again, this this took me down a wheel. So we're going to answer this through the observer effect. Okay? Because there's a relationship between sound and your ears. Right? So to be able to perceive sound, something or some human needs to have an ear, right? And then a corresponding audio sensory system that can actually shoot that vibration to the brain, right? So the question comes, if a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound if nobody's there to hear it? So if there's somebody there to hear that sound, because sound is just a movement, a vibration within air, right? right? That's all sound is. It's just a vibration with air, right? So if there's an ear to hear the sound, the tree's made a sound. If there's no ears, if there's no human there with the ear, or there's no thing there with the ears, and there's no animate objects that can actually sense sound, then there wasn't a sound. There was just a vibration. Right. Right? Right. Now, if you had like a your phone out there, and it was recording it, and it recorded that vibration into a sound, now there was a sound. Right. Conscious attention. Right? Remember, it wasn't a conscious eye that was put on the electron that made it go through the thing. It was just something counting it. Jump kind of conscious attention. It doesn't have to be the eye. We always think yeah. of it as the eye, you know, because that's kind of how we perceive consciousness. And that's how I'm like reading your consciousness right now, right? We're looking at each other's eyes, but it's just some kind of observation. So if there's no ear out there to observe the sound, it just stays a form. Right. It doesn't collapse. It's potential. It's a vibration. It's a vibration. But it's not a sound. Right. Right? Yep. And how powerful that is when we really start thinking about it, right? And he he goes into the, the another example. It's like, say the sun is in the middle of the solar, is, is in the middle of darkness. There's nothing around it. And the sun's shooting out light. If there's nothing there to relate to the sun, it's just still darkness. You can't perceive the light. But as soon as a planet rotates around and it comes in contact mm-hmm. with the light, mm-hmm. now there is light, right? Yeah. So so what we're seeing here is the relationship between the observed and the observer. The observed and the observer, right? And this is what is really almost ties together those two parts of the soul, right? 
because the observer is like that ego and that's just the energy that pushes it through. Right. The observed is the collection of the information, right? And this is what is made up of in the yin yang. We have a circle that's kind of separated with mm-hmm. a left side, a white side, a dark side and a light side, right? right? And then within it, the eyes of it are the opposite color, right? So it's always kind of imagined like fish and the white fish has a black eye, the black fish has a white eye, right? And they're coming on top of each other. They're forming it within. And this really is a great indicator of the interplay between this light and darkness, this observe and the observer. Mm-hmm. And the idea that all creation, although we perceive it as the observer and we perceive it as the observer, it's still just one thing. Yeah, like one can't be without the other because it's all one. It's all one, you know? You can't have one without the other. Right, right. Right. And we need to have these receptors. We need to kind of have this this ability to kind of touch this information. But not only are we responding to this information, we're also rewriting the code of what is going to develop and what is going to collapse in mm. the future. Right? Yeah. You know? And that's through what this whole conscious process is. That's what this whole observation is all, is this this law of observation and this observer effect it's it's the collapsing of potential. So this is why we're able to attract events. This is why we're able to create the outcomes that we really want to create, right? And this, and again, you should really spiritually use this for what you should be collapsing is more love and more wisdom. Right. Because that's the, the true currencies of life. And we're going to kind of get into why we are here and we'll really kind of cover that. But we had to cover this first so we know what waves to collapse mm-hmm. because again then we you always it's like you can't always get what you want but you sometimes you get what you need and that's right. there's some depthness to that right because again we we want to like be able to manifest like shelter for our loved ones protection sure, sure. and stuff like that that's that's totally fine but you don't need to just like manifesting a material physical thing isn't going to bring you the richness and that alchemical gold that we've been developing, you know, bi-weekly with this discussion as attracting love and wisdom, exactly. which are really the two, the two experiences that we, that make life living. Yeah. There should be, those should be your top pursuits and everything else will follow suit. Right. But a lot of people do it invertedly or they have to wait to know that there's emptiness in the pursuit of say material, as we already know this, right. Um, and then they end up going, okay, I need to find out something that has more substance. And then they find themselves seeking love and wisdom. Um, but if you do it the other way around from the very get-go, everything else you ever wanted will follow suit. Like it'll fall into your lap because right. you are bringing that reality in first, which is love and wisdom. Right. You know what I mean? But right. again, it's just not what we're taught. Right. You know what I mean? People don't find that till the end of the road, which is why you love your grandparents. Because by that point, they're just like, hey... All I know is I know nothing, mm-hmm. and I know that I love you, though, so I'm going to just stick to that, and then people are like, oh, I love my grandma, my grandpa, right. you know, and it's like there's something about their energy, because just like you mentioned about the dog or cat being pet, it's the same thing. I can tell the pessimistic person, pet this animal, and there will be loyalty, but if you intuitively don't pet them with something that they're ac- actually wanting out of you, which is your love and attention, then they'll just be like, well, you can pet me all day, but there's no connection between us. And then that person who's pessimistic is then validated themselves because they're like, see, I did the action and nothing came from it. And it's like, but what was going on inside of Mm -hmm. you 
while you were doing the action. Well, what does that matter? Like I thought you said, if I pet the animal, this would happen. And that's not the case, which is again, why you probably have such connection to, and I always bring up grandparents because I love the elderly. Uh, I've talked about this before, but that's where I feel connected is that there is no, they're not looking at me from a standpoint of my um, accomplishments or my status. They're looking at me like, hey, you're alive. I'm not so close to being at the age that you are now. I'm more on my way out, but let's have a conversation. And when we leave the conversation, we're both left very satisfied because it's like, no, our intentions were just true mm-hmm. to the conversation, not to what am I going to get out of you? What are you going to get out of me? Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of funny because it reminds me because that you bring up a great point about like the attention that you're giving it to, but it just reminds me of like I think there was like this time in college when I was like making a grilled cheese and I got the exact same ingredients that my mom got. And I remember I got done with it. I sat on the couch, I took a bite, and I'm like, What the hell's missing? And then I was just like, Oh, it's love. <laughs> Because that's, awesome. that's it. That's exactly what it was, man. It was just love. Yeah, I bought yeah. the same cheese. For I bought sure. the same bread. <laughs> I did everything she said. I just didn't love the sandwich. <laughs> and it was it tasted and that changed cooking for me. Because oh, I'm like, dude, that's oh a wow, beautiful, beautiful it, sentiment, man. I was just sitting in that dirty apart. Like it was yeah. just like stuff everywhere. And I'm just yeah, like, like, I take a bite of my, which miss, you know, what's gone, what's not here, and it is love. For you sure. Know? And that's a great point, dude. Right. You know, and we, we talk about this again with like, what's the greatest gift you can give somebody is your presence, right. right? Your attention. We spoke about that during the Christmas episode, but it is the greatest gift you can give them. You know, I mean, just um, babysitting my niece and nephew and just, it was just like last night. And all we were doing was we were playing Monopoly, but we were having such a blast and they were so excited because like, I was just fully attentive into the game of Monopoly. You know, like I was just like... Just, I was commentating the whole time. I had some kind of, you know, I was talking trash. I was trying to make deals, but I was just like fully, and they were just like having a blast. And like this morning when they woke up, they were like, Monopoly was so fun. It was just because we were all there. We were 100% present. Again, children can always be present. It's us adults who are like, oh, I'm playing Monopoly, but I really should be, you know, in the back of my mind, I was just like, I actually should be taking notes for the podcast. Like we have this podcast tomorrow. It's been a busy week. Like I'm like, you know, I'm trying to think of that. And then I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm not with that right now. I just have to right. be in this moment because I'm not, I can't leave this table anyways because yeah. I'm like watching them. And right when I did that, right when I snapped out of that and I paid attention, I was spending time with it. I got so much gold out of that situation cool. that it empowered me today to even take a different perspective of what we're going to cover on the podcast, right? right? You know what I mean? And it was just, it was huge. So we, we see this in everyday aspects of our life. We see, again, the kind of touch back on, really everything we've talked about on this podcast, you see all this collapse in front of your eyes. Like this is, I know you, that experiment might've sound new to you, but you knew this, you knew your thoughts had a pro, you knew your thoughts collapse waves. You know, your emotions collapse waves. We definitely know our actions collapse waves. And again, why does the lion have two songs in the wizard of Oz? It's because action is so important. Right. Right. And that's what really helps collapse the waves. And it's when we all start taking right truthful action based in love that we will collapse the waves that will create the shared reality that we deserve and that our children deserve and their children's deserve. Right. Cause you don't just work for your own generation. This is the evolution of consciousness. Right. So we know we have to always be improving it so that most perfect pattern someday can be placed in this, and this thing could just take off. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Well said, man. I, uh, I really don't have much more to add to that because uh, all your examples are like exactly what people I think not only will relate to, but have seen for themselves. And uh, yeah, no, beautifully said, man. Yeah, no, again, I'm glad we brought this one up. And again, I think this is like a topic that this is, this is going to be the one of many, like, we're going to talk about the observer effect, especially now that we've created a definition, we created a common language with each other. This will come up so much more. And there's so many more examples of how this works. But, you know, again, if you've ever done like psychedelic mushrooms, you know, like walking through nature, nature responds to your attention and like literally like flowers bloom for human consciousness. You know, they, they, they respond to love. Everything in this world responds to love. So if we have this observer effect and we are always shooting love through that observer effect, every aspect of reality will improve. Absolutely. Right. From the vegetation, from the animals, you know, even that love feeling, if even there's like a pest that, you know, there's something in your house that like, you can't take it outside and like, say it's like a cockroach and you have to kill it. Like you still don't have to do it through hate. Like you can pay passing it on to the cycle of necessity with love if it has to go that way. Right. Um, But we just always want to be looking through that lens and, you know, you kind of get into these moments and you kind of are in these like alchemical experiences and you're in calcination and you're in dissolution and you kind of feel like you, um, you know, when you're ever like out of a relationship and you were just like, you want to give love and you just don't know how to, cause you're not in that, that mode for that relationship. And then you realize that everything in the universe responds to love. It doesn't have to just be limited into a romantic relationship. You know, even this goes for the same people who maybe lose a close family member or lose a close friend, you know, tragically. And you feel like you're never going to love that again. And you just want to have that love back. Well, the best way to do that is to give love to your environment in every aspect, you know, even to the aspect of cleaning your room and doing that kind of thing, but just loving everything right? and practicing that love. And it's, it's the reason why my car is like, sometimes I take them to the mechanic and they're just like, oh my gosh, this thing's like falling apart. This thing starts for you. And I'm like, every time it's because I love that car. Like that car is never going to right. love my truck. Like she'll like get me to the destination and then like all the four tires will fall off, but she'll get me there. She'll get you there. Right. Cause I love her. Right. You know, and that's something that I think we're, we've really even lost, you know, that's something that even the old generations knew about like appliances and stuff like that. And like their tractors, like farmers loved their tractors. So they knew them, right? Well, now today we're so disconnected. Everything's computerized. There's no like personality in things. People don't name their cars anymore. They don't like personify that kind of thing, but there's a power to that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So there's this power to attention. So I think we just need to always remember, it doesn't matter what is happening in your life you always can share love and you can always express love and everything in the universe responds positively to that. So when you're in dark times yourself, sometimes the best way to do that is take that out and paint that picture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, oh, dude, I love everything, everything we're talking about just because this is why we even ever started this podcast, Daniel and I, and the discussions that we've had and, and the stories that we would bring up that would relate to our situation at the given time and how we could support each other through like different changes or, or several changes in our lives, I should say. So I hope that that helps everyone listening right now, because this is what our intent is, is as you were saying earlier, you know, is to bring that love and that wisdom so that we all can sort of have that unify purpose and be part of that aggregate that we talk about and, and really know how to connect with that. 
uh, on a higher level uh, of consciousness. So I think it's awesome, man. I really am excited that we've we've brought this up, and we're going to continue the the next four steps that are left of alchemy and with this intent though behind it, you know, right. you know, yeah. so. And again, you know, um, we saw that we had a lot of people um, leave reviews. So we, I know we asked about that a couple of weeks ago, uh, and then a lot of you guys left reviews. Yeah. So we're so thankful for that. Um, so we want to give a big shout out to you. Always a big shout out to our patron ninjas. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just excited. I'm excited for next week too, because oh, yeah, it's the man. fourth step of it's the lesser stone of alchemy. Like... There's just so much fun stuff we got to talk about. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm so glad to be on this journey with you, man, and all our fans and all our listeners, I should say. Um, we thank you, and I thank you, man. Hey, I thank you, my guy. Um, all right, well, then, anything else you want to add to that? I think until next time. Until next time, then. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Not only does it give us the energy we need, it also gives us an opportunity to make a positive environmental impact. Earthling Food Company originated from the simple truth that what is good for the body is good for the planet. They create delicious, plant-based food that lifts us up rather than weighs us down. That's right, you will never find preservatives, refined sugar, oil, animal products, gluten, or any other crap that is environmentally destructive. Only the good stuff. Would you like a hearty granola that is both delicious and healthy? What, what about uh, something with zero cholesterol or an alternative to scrambled eggs? Earthly Food Company has you covered. They are a brand new husband and wife startup, so check back regularly for new products. Greg and Jen have been listeners and supporters of the Know Thyself podcast since our very first episode. We first collected on a philosophical conversation and then through the conversation learned about this really exciting new project that they were creating, which is a organic, amazing granola that they want to share with all the listeners of our community. Artisan granola and seasoning make a great holiday gift. Visit earthlingfood.company. That's earthlingfood.com dot company did you say earthling food dot company that's exactly what i said to order online and use the discount code know thyself that's one word know thyself for 15 percent off your purchase they're also offering uh free shipping on orders over 70 dollars. so uh you know order online today i would do it like right now